dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Waru Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at waterwaydeshow at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. Ladies, gentlemen, and envies, welcome to Warrior Show's Stream of Thought. After a brief hiatus, as it happens, uh, we've had a shirkster amongst our midst who's decided, you know, to do the horrific crime of spending time with his family. I'm, of course, speaking to my, my stalwart companion, as always, the Soul Doctor. Heyo. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Really? Thank, thank you for I putting mean... up with uh, our absence, everyone who still managed <laughs> to stick around. It's all right. I've been, uh, you know, streaming to legitimately bought games on emulators. Fantastic. I mean, it's technically anime. It's close enough. It works. Oh, yeah. Uh, PSO. Um, PSO. You're not playing the online one. PS4. No, sadly not. It's very anime. It absolutely it's is. It's amazing. Uh, it is pretty great. Um, feel free to check out the VODs if you want, folks. Yep. But, when, but, of course, we're actually now back, of course, to talk about Banana Fish and... <sighs> Yeah, this this was a mine. I mean, banana fish has been described. I would describe it as dynamite thus far, like with the amount of stuff that's been dropping and the horrible things that happened. And it's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you think that we were going easy on you? Well, you know, let's upgrade this something nuclear, shall we? You know, let's get this, you know, up to eleven as it happens. Um, so just ahead of time, folks, uh, we have a word of the day here for this particular episode, and that word is yamero if I didn't mispronounce that. Because oh. I think that's like that's like the word that it gets It took me a like... minute. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because that's literally the it describes the episode perfectly. Um also one mild bit of housekeeping while I'm here in that I am currently incredibly bummed. 
cold. So if I sound like, you know, a horsefly that's dying or something like that, then that's why. Sorry. Also, if I... Yeah. I, yeah, this guy was the one who actually mailed me the cold. He sent me in a little care package, you know. No, I mean, no, I just mean, I'm, I'm perhaps this is a southern uh, thing, but whenever misfortune, misfortune befalls a friend, you whether or not you're the cause of it, you say that you are sorry that it is happening to them. <laughs> regardless if you are culpable mm-hmm. anyway so we're going to move on to the actual episode now which is called yes. Save Me The Waltz uh, however I am actually going to backtrack slightly because we also need to cover the split poles from the you know all the many moons ago when we last covered banana fish let's go through them uh, Doc Twitter I believe you have them handy at the moment that's right so Twitter polls for episode 8 uh, these are posted in ba- way back in the balmy yeah. days of and the, August and the dawn of time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, would you sign up for Yulung's acupuncture appointments? 59% of the audience said yes. I, I would totally be up for that just to put me to sleep. I mean, that, you know, sleeping pills, getting, you know, completely wasted. Nah, just stick a pin in your neck and it'll now sort you out. Get out cold. I know, man. I, yes. Yes, for that reason too. I mean, for many reasons, but that's a that's a big mm-hmm. one. Yeah, like guaranteed sleep. I mean, sign me up yesterday. Uh, should Dawson have destroyed banana fish? Should scientists eliminate new discoveries, even if they are only harm? Or, or sorry, if they are only harmful, meaning mm-hmm. like yeah, if they're only going to cause misfortune. Um, this is a landslide-ish. We're veering into landslide-ish territory. Ooh. 78% of the audience said yes. Fair yes. enough, sir. 22 uh, sided. And, and I think this is one I think it's it's fair. Mm. Like, you, you make a fair argument, even though the, I have my misgivings about it. So... Mm-hmm. But, but so the 22% that say, that say no, we're still cool. I mean... You and I are still okay, just so you know. Um, not oh, not like not like you with airplane, uh, not that kind of situation. Uh, to be fair, I got I got actually completely you know undone by Alex Schmidt, who currently is you know being big in Japan. Shouts to Alex mm-hmm. uh, because he made a very good point, which is that you could use that as you know your inroad to become friends with someone. I'm like, okay, you got me there, mate. You're entirely right, Mister Smith. It's our our. By day, he is our uh, Ware Desho's chef in residence, our official <laughs> chef of anti Twitter. By night, he is the DJ in residence of anti Twitter. Um, He's a very talented man. He is. Alex is a cool dude. Bio D42, if you'd like to follow a cool dude. Um, Write some good stuff as well. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. That's my fault for not mentioning his writing. He's a, he's a talented writer. Um, our final. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no, it is our final poll. <laughs> I don't even remember what this is referring to. Go Go- on, try it. Golzine or the old man from Kaiji? A bit ambiguous, so I will admit, like, which one do you like more or hate more? Like, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... But I love ambiguous polls. I love ambiguous polls so much. It's great. It's uh, a trap. So this is a, a two-thirds of the audience said Golzine, while 33%... Uh, went with the old man from Kaiji. I'm going to assume that this is, you know, recency like bias. <laughs> well, there's recency bias in it, but I'm thinking that maybe, you know, the secret question here was something like, you know, who would you most likely not want to go out with copy with, you know? Because 
I mean, the kaiji guy, like, you know, he's got a predilection for taking people's fingers off. But yeah. he's not Golzine, as we'll learn very much so in this episode. Oh, yeah, God. I mean, you'd almost prefer I mean, the straightforwardness of, you know, getting your finger in the cigar shaver. Uh, yeah, and also the fact that, you know, the guy from Kaiji looked like he was at least 130 years old. <laughs> that too, yes. Like, he, he was immediately evil, whereas Golzine, mm-hmm. you know, he could pass for maybe, you know, a golf commentator, perhaps, or something like that. I don't know. A golf um, commentator? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You see him sat down there talking about, like, you know, putting in, you know, under par and all that. I think, like, he's always dressed like a ship's captain. Like, if you stick a hat That's... on him, he could be a cruise ship captain. <laughs> You're entirely right. Um, all right. I'm just going to say as well up front, folks, that I kind of sort of hate Doc a little bit right now. Not legitimately, mind you, but there's a reason for that. Because, well, you might recall, like, when we did Frank's, you know, I was the one who had to sing that piece of crap out on the last episode. And it's getting kind of like Red Letter Media style now, where, you know, sometimes you end up with a humdinger that you have to talk about and you're going to hate it, but you got to do it anyway. So, unfortunately, it's fallen to me to describe the events of oh. this episode. Save me the walls. Boy. And yeah. there aren't going to be very many jokes or size in this for reasons that if you've seen the episode, are very clear. And if you've not, I mean, I'll try. <laughs> I'll try I'll to add try. I, have a few, I, have a few, I have a few lined up here, uh, mainly because I like taking the piss out of Arthur, because taking the piss out of yes. Arthur, you know, is, yes. is a part of the fun of watching this an, show. An evergreen uh, comedy tree. <laughs> well, it's just too easy. He, he looks like a complete moron for a start. Okay, so, to the actual episode. So, last time on Banana Fish, everything went horribly, horribly wrong. And this time, Banana Fish, everything's going to go horribly, horribly wrong as well. It's this show at this point, to be quite honest. Um, but we start off with uh, Golzine arriving at the Wasting Lounge, where Shaw and Eiji are, along with Arthur. So, you know, all the players are starting to assemble, all the pieces are coming together. A uh, bit back and forth between, you know, Shorter and Arthur, you know, everyone's giving him Arthur shit, and I'm like, yeah, you keep on going. Uh, unfortunately, Shorter is stopped, you know, from actually making good on the promise he had last time where he said, you touch him, I'll kill him, and I'll kill myself. Didn't happen, unfortunately, he was restrained. Uh, Shorter is then led away, but not before Arthur twists the knife a little bit by saying, oh yeah, AJ, uh, this after he wakes up, of course, uh, do you want to know who betrayed you? Who sold you out? It's that guy. Oh, that's Shorter. He betrayed you. Yeah, stuck the knife in. And Shorter, I mean, like, AG, like, to be fair to him, is like, you know what? I don't believe a fucking word you say, Arthur. I could, it could be raining outside and you'd tell me the streets are wet and I still wouldn't believe you. This is a fucking knife but, twist. It is a knife twist. God, fucker. But unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, um, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. So he is telling the truth. And with uh, context admitted, admittedly, but you know, and I mean, yeah, you don't have time to explain. Oh, <laughs> so, he's not—he's not going to explain. Of course, no. Arthur's not going to explain. He's not going to say, "Oh, actually, no, he—it he was because we draw you a diagram of what happened." No. Yeah, <laughs> let me. Here is my prepared PowerPoint presentation. It's sixty-four slides long. It's got a couple of my holiday snaps in there as well. Okay, but anyway, uh, you know, there's so a AG... there's a wrestler, a Japanese wrestler who I quite like. Ding, 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 ding. I was waiting for you to say that. I was waiting for you to say Japanese wrestler. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I was waiting for it. And I think that's about 10 minutes in, yeah, folks. Do yeah. the record. I kid, I kid, I kid. Carry on, he, he incorporates PowerPoint presentations into his, into his character 
in an extremely that, humorous manner. <laughs> that's amazing. Is he a fan of the Star Wipe? <laughs> Is he a fan of the Star Wipe? I've got to know. I've got to know. Is he a fan of the Star Wipe? Well, I'm so new to this promotion, DDT, that uh, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't recall him using it in his last presentation, which was it involved uh so he's giving this presentation might i at publicly to a large you know audience that is in attendance for this wrestling show about how he's going to trap his opponent during his entrance to the ring now his opponent of course can hear all this backstage but mm-hmm. he is telling it to the audience as if he could not very Sweet. cute but it's yeah it's the powerpoint presentation was all about how long the entrance is and where the person would be during the entrance. And so how many he, stock images did it have? Was it completely full of them? Did one of them have amazing? Did one of them have posted by geo sissies on it or something like that? <laughs> well, well they used the uh, clip art of bear traps because he set several cardboard bear traps for this guy, <laughs> which were, were deftly avoided. Even though his opponent didn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should, you definitely should. Oh fuck! All right. So unfortunately, though, Ag looks at Shaw and says, "Tell me you didn't do it. Tell me you didn't do it." Shaw can't respond, and obviously, you know, that is an answer of itself. And he's then let out. Ag is left behind. Uh, Look, Young is there, by the way, who it turns out has actually been given by his brothers as a present to Goldzine. Um, Look, of course, you know, he's all smiles and all that, but clearly, he's like. Fuck, I ain't letting this man touch me. No fucking chance. I mean, uh, familial bonds, right? Thicker than water and all that jazz. Yeah. That's not going to come and bite the Chinese in the back in this show. I'm sure that Luck's going to take me totally on the chin and he's going to be like, oh, it's okay, bro. I mean, you literally sold me to a guy, like, you know, who, well, he taught rapes people in dungeons and all that, like, you know, for funsies before he goes out for, you know, a bit of polo at the country club. So, yeah, I'm totally cool with that. I can totally see Luck be that. Um, but fortunately, because the show's evil and the people who make it are evil, I really do think <laughs> that they are criminals, they end yes. the opening section on a scene of Golzing cupping Aegis chin, and I'm like, oh, fuck. This is going to be it. I'm going to be feeling fucking dirty by the end of this. Soiled. No, no Such amount... Pain. Such pain. No amount of head and shoulders will scrub my scalp clean because it's just going to be fucking dirt all the way through. Oh boy. So, after the OP, just checking my memory here, unfortunately. I did re watch the server, I'm just trying myself. Uh, Ash and Max and eBay are being shipped in by planes to New York and they're due to arrive fairly shortly. Uh, meanwhile, Golzine, you know, to show that he's actually just a regular person, he's actually reading the newspaper, presumably going through the crossword or possibly the sudoku i don't know he likes um, to keep Arthur... he has to keep sharp he has a syndicate to run you know well, well that's true stay flexible maybe, upstairs maybe maybe he's looking at his horoscope you know today you will make a successful business deal <laughs> or he's checking and make sure his his ad for underlings is printed the way he wants to you know crime boss <laughs> seeking underlings must be douchebag must you know uh, be able to watch two people that love each other kill each other before your eyes and laugh maniacally into the heavens. Mm-hmm. Please. Must be flexible send, res- send resume. Non union. Non union. That's right. This is not a union. Non-union. Not a union shop, you bastards. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Arthur's there with him, and they have a bit of back and forth bantering, which uh, Arthur points out. You, you do realize that Look Young, like, is very clearly, you know, a, what we call a penis flytrap in the industry. Like, you know, he's definitely, you know, he's 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 there to backstab you. The poison Golzi's and Golzi's like, mate, I wasn't born yesterday. Come the fuck on, Arthur. But, but, like, I'm, but I'm still, I'm still gonna partake of the forbidden fruit. Well, you know, might as well while he's there. Um, wait, 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 yeah, wait, he... wait, 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 wait. Hmm? Okay, uh... <laughs> I had to play the sound cue. Terribly inappropriate <laughs> of me. Horrible thing oh, to do. But, but at least, I mean. As much, well, you know what? Fuck it. I mean, it's so, like, I guess it's better than playing Let's Get It On when talking about, you know, oh, someone like oh. Asia. We're talking about Yulung is very much, like, he's willing, he's in on it. I didn't even hear he that sound. He has his own agenda. I had to fill it in, and I honestly thought it was going to be, like, some sort of toosie horn or something. Like, the kind you hear on pickup trucks. Anyway, um, so... Golzi's all like, right, okay, Ash is coming back. I owned him, polished him, combed his hair. Oh, yeah, I also fucked him with eyes. Said, but he's mine. He belongs to me, and I'm going to make sure he knows it. You and then, wouldn't, of course, I mean, telling Arthur, like, you wouldn't understand. Like, boy, I mean, it's kind of amazing to think about, like, a human being feeling that sort of sense of ownership over another human being. Mm-hmm. Kind of incredible. I mean, yeah. I like <laughs> as a dad. Like, I certainly don't feel that kind of ownership over my kids. Like, and I mean, he doesn't, of course, talk about the sex, but he's you know, it's like I raised them, I created them, like Proper, I prophecy. gave him education, I gave him everything, and like, I mean, so dads can reasonably say they gave those things to their kids, but like, this still, you don't. I mean, mm. he, he really does think like, you know, mm. uh. He he owns this kid. For some reason, I was. Well, the thing I, is, right, said, the... I was almost going to the... be like, "Your soul is mine," but then I just kept thinking mm. of Shang Tsung from the Mortal Kombat movie, and I was like, "I can't say that." <laughs> What's a different the thing, thing about... I could say? <laughs> the thing about Golzine though is that he clearly has never watched any Siegfried and Roy in his life because he caged an animal up, and eventually it will want to break out. And what's it going to do when it breaks out? It's going to maul you the fuck to death. I mean, it's not like he's comparing Ash to, like, you know, a predatory cat raving. Oh, my God, he is. Who the fuck? <laughs> so, hey. You know, that's gonna that's not going to bite him in the ass. Never. Anyway. Anyway. So, guests have arrived, apparently. And then we cut to a scene that immediately made me pause the video because I started piecing together what was going to happen next. And I was like, oh, fuck. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, I knew. I knew. As soon as I saw this laboratory scene with Shaw tied up in a chair with leather belts... I was like, oh, you absolute bastards. And by which I mean the people who made the show and, of course, the original writer. Because I immediately pieced it together. They're going to drug him up. Of course they are. You know, they're either going to do it for funsies or they're going to do it for something else. But basically, he's getting shot up. Great. Fucking amazing. So there's a bit of back and forth here between Shorter and uh, what was the... What was Karen Top's name again? I can never remember. Abraham. Abraham. Um... You're dead man walking there. I mean, this guy's like, you know, already spent more lives than he technically has. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, yeah. you're oh, he's, he is, yeah. So done. Like, dig his he's... grave. <laughs> Do it now. Make it deep. Or make oh. it very small, because there probably won't be much left of him when everyone's no, done with yeah. him. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be just a, 
just a, a nothing just a little tiny marker yeah pretty much here lies a fuckwit um, <laughs> yeah here lies like uh, i mean it, this fucker his rationale by the way for like doing what he did to the soldiers was i was I, again had to like just like with dino's sense of control i had to like i was just sort of taken aback i was like do people really do such cruel things to other people for such petty reasons? Is it incredible? Like he felt entirely mm-hmm. justified in everything that he did because they laughed at me. Like I say, bullying's okay, but like Christ Almighty! I mean, um, I mean, we'll get there, but man, we'll get yeah, we'll get there. I mean, uh, so eventually Arthur and Golzine arrive, and as you might expect, shorter. He doesn't unfortunately get a say in the matter. He's having his jabs. And it ain't, you know, the flu shot. It is the new version, perfected that is, a banana fish. Which, to re-establish for people who might join us with learn this, you basically reprogram people with it. Makes a blank slate, and you can tell them, okay, I want you to go run in circles for the next five days. And they'll do that on that spot. And then when that happens, they, and they've done, assuming they've not, you know, passed out or anything at that point, then they just, you know, give up and kill themselves or break as they describe it. Yeah, I mean, it's like... You'd think, like, that the technology would they were trying, or the, the medicine, sorry, they were trying to develop it to, like, create sleeper agents, but mm-hmm. it really does seem like an assassination kind I mean, like, I guess, like, I, I kind of, like, this this test sort of unsold me on the utility of it. Because, like, if, if they're going to be, like, a blubbering mess and be like, just can't drool drool huge mm. like not like they can go back to their ordinary life like until they hear the code word or see the person that mm. they're meant to kill and yeah it's not like they're gonna stealthily do it they're just gonna like knock everything out of the way to run to the mm. person and stab them um mm. I, just... I was of the opinion um in the previous episode that if they i mean this is entirely speculation probably will fall out but if you like the thing I suggested was you know you drop it upstream in a river, comes downstream, village is drinking water, you drink it there, and then you know everyone goes nuts. There's probably applications for it. Um, although that being said, like I am now imagining you know like some soldier somewhere with a blowpipe, and he's got like a little dart full of banana fish. So who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, apart from just actually drugging Chaucer up, they're of course going to do this in the most cruel and evil way possible because Golzine. Uh, you know, George R. R. Martin fan that he is, he's decided he's going to, you know, be especially vindictive to Ash to put him in his place. So, what follows next is that AG is brought in. And as Shorts is getting drugged up and he's having his mind, you know, turned into so much spaghetti, AG is held down in front of him and Abraham says, This guy, he's your enemy. He's going to get you. I'll stop him. And tear his guts out. Gotta fucking kill him. I'll kill him. Like that. Just, you know, Grima Worms on you his way, you know, in there. And Shaw indeed does lose his ship. AG is taken away. Um, in the intervening time, by the way, there's a brief insert scene that I forgot to mention. This was interesting. Uh, uh, which I'm, I'm interested as well. But So, Golzine, thankfully, is interrupted before he gets to have his wicked way uh, with AG and Lot at the same time. Oh, you're, you're talking about a different scene. Okay. Yeah, I'm talk- I think that was like came after, actually. Sorry, I'm getting my uh, events back to fourth here. But, um, okay. yes. Turns out that's happening now. Um, oh, actually, he didn't, there is he didn't wait long to... 
to get right down to it. He doesn't strike me as a particularly patient mangol zine when he gets down, you know, when he I mean, who knows what of that player is like, you know, all right, maybe some scrap will scrap, horrible scrap, it's this kid, but I'll be fun with him first. Um, By the way, a couple of gangs do witness Ash's arrival in the city at the airport, which will be important later. But for the moment, let's talk about this scene. So, Golzine gets up and leaves, thank Christ, before anything actually happens. Um, Lutz then starts, you know, teasing AG a little bit. Uh, In the intervening time that Golzine was on the way out, uh, Lutz observes the key code on the keypad that allows him to escape. Yes. And when I say say that, however, um, only he escapes. Now, yep. my old issue here, like, they obviously took AG from somewhere to bring him to later, you know, to where they end later in the dungeon. Uh, but how did they not? Hmm. How did they not notice Lut was gone? Like, did they not find that a bit strange? Well, I don't know. Perhaps it'll, whoever... it'll come clear next episode. Yeah. I suspect. Well, so but it's minor. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Here's what I would. Here's a plausible solution, right? Um... <clears throat> Uh, I would say that, like, perhaps the people retrieving Yulong, uh, or the sorry, the people re- retrieving Eiji, uh might not be aware that you know Yulong is also in there. Like, I don't know. Like, it, you would eh. maybe maybe you wouldn't need to know because it because it wouldn't be Dino Golzine who was going to get them, right? It would be like. Mm. Send you know James to the, my suite to get Eiji. Here's you know you know the code, uh, mm. and that's that. I don't know, but I don't know. It, now that I'm thinking it about it, perhaps perhaps that doesn't hold water. I don't know. It it doesn't really matter. If anything, I actually prefer the idea that Lot snuck out because if he did sneak out before you know Eiji was taken away, then that raises a question: Why did he not take Eiji with him? Because if he had done that. Everything that follows would have been avoided. Well, he doesn't. Every... He doesn't like Eiji, first of all. <laughs> well, I didn't. Well, <clears throat> well. So I he says. Say so he says. I'll say. Mm. You know, he says. Well, he says that he irritates him, right? Uh, mm. Whenever he tells him it's time. He's to also not face cruel reality. or capricious to him when he's actually yeah. still pinned down. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Um, but maybe but anyway. you know, I think he's escaping to like cause trouble and shit. And AG oh, can't very well sneak around with him. <laughs> oh, God. Can you uh, imagine? Maybe... <laughs> yeah. Like Mr. Magoo sneaking around a building. <laughs> You're right. You're actually entirely right. Um. So, yes, after Lutz escapes, it's the dinner scene. And Woo! the dinner scene, man. Um. So they, I... were, they were captured and taken to this dinner, right? Uh, once they were shipped off the plane, yeah, they were brought okay. here. Okay, okay. Yeah, they were brought like because the guys who were taking them off the plane were, of course, uh, Golzine's men, or mm-hmm. at least they were under his pay. Mm-hmm. So, the dinner scene. Every we've got in the sentence we have, uh, I believe it's Arthur, Golzine, Max, eBay, and Abraham. I think he was the fifth person there, from my memory. I don't think he was at the dinner, was he? So was it was someone else there. It was y- Yulung was there. Oh, yo, that was it. Sorry, um, my apologies. Yeah. It was your. Yeah, there we go. I don't know why I say Abraham. I was getting mixed up. Anyway, uh, everyone's all dressed up because, you know, we've got to keep up appearances before everything goes really horribly wrong. <laughs> uh, just Arthur's hair. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm going to get side a bit because there's something incredible <laughs> that happens with his hair. That Man, I- I'll save that. I want to I talk about it in a minute. But um, 
So Ash I has have good to say, hair though, too. Ash has good hair too in this scene. But yeah, I wait to put I wait to put a pin in that thing about Ash because that's going to be one of my talking points later. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, I will note also that Golzine is apparently wearing some sort of neckerchief that's got avocados on it. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ! What? Wait, I look right. I know that he looks like a golf commentator, as I said before, but that doesn't mean he needs to look like he's dressed out in 1972. Although, to be fair, the, the, this was, you know, made in originally in the 80s, so exactly. who can say? Just keep but yeah, avocado, avocado had neckerchief. I don't know. What next? He's going to do. He's probably going to wear a suit. He's going to, yeah, he's probably going to have, like, you know, a, a suit next with peacocks on it or something like that, which would actually be keeping his character, funnily enough, because he's, you know, a bit of peacock himself. But anyway. So they're eating. Um, the dinner party is mostly focused around Ash arriving and Golzine complimenting him on his various things he's been educated, reminding him of how he's brought up. Like, okay, Ash, try this wine. What wine is it? And of course, we then get a diversion during 15 minutes of, uh, of Ash swirling it, you know, racing the wine, and this becomes an entirely different show, no, of course. Do you remember so, what year it was? Uh, it was 63? Nope. Oh. Come on. Oh, is it, really that, is, it, is it really that year? Is it really that year? It is. is it really that year? The nicest of uh, years. Yes. <laughs> oh, in the context of the show, though, it's a bit grim, but hey. Well, um, get, that's a good point. Get a bit, yeah. Anyway, we get a bit of verbal sparring between Arthur and Ash. Uh, Max and eBay are very taken aback by how handsome Ash looks in you know, his dinner suit with his hair put back in his life suit, a little uh, jade area. Uh, the jade earring, by the way, being a symbol, I suppose, of, like, Golzine's possessiveness, because it's literally a label, like, it might as well be like, you know, you belong to me, and I'm gonna, you know, mark you as such. Right. Um, so after, you know, all of the dinners, you know... dollars earring. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so after the dinner, after the second most awkward dinner in crime anime, after the one in 91 days in which someone gets served as bolognese, like, I mean, that's still the peak of, like, awful, like, you know, awkward anime dinner scene. That one's wretched. Um, a couple of goos with guns turn up. These are goals, these men. Right, show's over. Now we get to the fun stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to one of the most harrowing things I've seen this year so far. Oh, God. Like... Man, where do I even begin? All right. Actually, I will begin by saying that Lutz, uh, who is wandering the um, mansion at this point, being all solid snake... Um, <laughs> No, really, he is a snake after all, so it would be appropriate. Hey, yeah. Um, but he, he notices that there are guests arriving, and we have a Republican senator. Uh, we have a Let colonel. Me... <laughs> I, I have a feeling you might want to say something about this. Go on, Doc. Let's well, this throw... is just... Let's get... This is Anime's just... Not... <laughs> this is just what I was going to point out. Like, I mean... It is so funny that like that he was a Republican. I mean, it just it just made me laugh. I don't really have any like, grand point. I, th- I I mean, do I think it's crazy that a Republican senator would be taking a meeting with uh, an unsavory person if it meant like that he could get his hands on some kind of you know military weapon? I don't think that's well, crazy. No, aw, not at all. Oh, <laughs> Doc, to throw it out there, plan. Get yourself a supply of banana fish, drop in the town's water supply. Town normally votes for a different pie, the Republican. Throw a couple of ads after you poison the water supply. Could they make supply. it to, but they, but could they make it to the voting booth? 
would they all just not be like slobbering maniacs? Well, like, once the boat's posted, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Means you have to rely on the Russians to do it. So there you go. I just oh, yeah, no, I threw that one in, didn't I? <laughs> you, you. No, I would just have liked to have seen shorter. I mean, maybe, maybe the thing is that they've just beat him within an inch of his life, and so that's why he's otherwise kind of behaving weirdly. But I would have liked to have seen him like entirely sort of normal and mm-hmm. then and then go. Whereas like I feel like as soon as he got the drug all the way through the rest of the episode, he was just his behavior again, just it was so different and weird that I don't see how you could like use banana fish I think to, maybe to it's make a sleeper agent. <laughs> I think maybe it's more because of the what they told him to do, specifically that they said, this guy's going to fucking kill you, and it would sound fair that he felt. If it was just something more innocuous, like, you know, go to the voting booth, or go buy me a subway, maybe. then they probably wouldn't be, they probably wouldn't be, you know, quite so, you know, twitchy as uh, Shaw turns out to be. No, um, if you didn't tell I... them what kind of subway, maybe they would. Maybe they'd be like, is it ham or turkey? Did they want a foot long or not? I don't know. Flatbread uh, or regular wheat bread? Uh, so I see your question, Emily. Uh, possibly. <laughs> Quite possibly. That would be something. Um, but anyway, I, I will say as well... <laughs> good point that's a good from, point. Uh, that is a good from point. Emily there. If all I, the I voters say, killed them. <laughs> I, I will say though, like, when I saw these guys coming in, like, um, you know, like, Young's barking them out, my head cannon again kicked in and I started imagining people falling in, like, Lex Luthor. Skeletor, Mr. Burns, The Grinch, various evil people. Like, I wanted a cut scene where we had these people coming in as well as sitting down up there like, yes. excellent. <laughs> uh, who's who of, of masterminds? <laughs> <laughs> Smithers, what's his banana fish? <laughs> uh, well, sir, it's, uh, it's a drug that's invented to wipe people's minds. Excellent. See, it writes Ooh, itself. Anyway. Excellent. Smithers. <laughs> Deploy the banana fish. I'm afraid we're out, sir. Uh, all I've got here is this banana, but we didn't actually get any fish. <laughs> anyway, Simpsons fanfic aside, let's actually get to talking about this scene that we don't really want to talk about because it sucks. And it's yeah, horrible. enough in the, stalling. <laughs> in, in a, I should stress, by the way, good way. It's a very well-written scene. It's mm-hmm. very well animated. The music that starts playing, the long piano, do do it was like thumb screws, honestly. Yeah. It was just so however, again, because things are funny in, in this show occasionally when I don't know if they should be or not, the first right. thing we see is that Ash is tied up in this dungeon by chains. And Arthur's there telling them what's going on. And the first thing I noticed, I mean I'd be pissing myself. Arthur his hair is now back to back. the way it was because he gets to be evil again. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like it's amazing. It's literally his true colors. Like, the moment he gets to be a complete prick again and get all the formalities out of the way is when his hair goes back up speed like Dio's. I'm like, that's genius. Yeah. I love it. He went he went uh, Super Saiyan again. Like He did. Just couldn't couldn't help it. It's like, fuck this dinner party. <laughs> took it, it took his necktie off as well, I should say. Like He's like, yes. right, I'm getting down to business here. Just <laughs> slip the hair up. You know, make sure I look like a complete prick as I always do. <laughs> Full, full bastard. Now, let's, let's now it's time for fun. So, Ty's coming off. 
Yeah. Casual. So, uh, just to mention as well, Max and eBay are here. Uh, they're tied up and they're watching all of it. eBay is making to himself, shit, I need a new Patreon save for this. This is going too far. <laughs> I don't think there's enough Patreon money in the world to be put in front with this shit, especially <laughs> given what happens in a minute. <laughs> I wonder if Max has a Periscope account he could film uh, this in. A new Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm really good at delay talking about what follows. Uh, I'm great. At it. I'm stalling God. so hard. The boat, anch- the boat anchors are on, baby. They are on. Wow. Ah. Well, anyway. Um, Max so should Arthur... be filming this. No, he shouldn't. Um, anyway. Should he not? As like a like a some kind of something to use in a trial I don't know I'd look, right no one in that room is going to be in trial because they'll all be dead by the end of this show apart from our hero I, I mean maybe you can catch the senator put, unless they literally want to put Golzine's severed head I like, say the prosecution will rise and fall right here <laughs> do you have anything to say cricket start playing anyway um so Arthur starts toying with Ash a little bit. They're having a bit of back and forth because, you know, Arthur is a little bit insecure. And by a little bit, I, of course, mean completely because, you know, he wants to prove he's better than Ash. And now he's got his mercy. He's going to enjoy this. He's going to, you know, play with him a little bit. That was bit. a little over the top. <laughs> of course he Of course was, he Could all this be part of a plan? Once you describe everything, I'll, I'll go into more detail. But some of the things he does, I'm like, I can't imagine this was part of the script that you were given by Dino. <laughs> Oh, of course it is. And he absolutely just felt like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to have a fun time doing this. I'm literally surprised he wasn't drinking the wine that was from the dinner, actually, while this was happening. Like, you know, I'm smashing the glass on the ground. Uh, but there is an interlude. Uh, so, catch your mind back to what happened earlier in the episode with the airport arrival and the gangs being there. So, we have a gang, uh, Ash's gang specifically, uh, who are all in some back alley somewhere wondering what's going on. And then, uh, Su, I think it's Su Ying, I believe. Um, arrives. Su Ying is a member of the Chinese mafia, Chinese gangs rather. Um, they mention about what happened with Shaw's from that Shaw's did vanish. Now Su Ying says, "This is okay. the scene I like that I think is is interesting that I thought you were going to bring up before." Um, so Su Ying says, "Okay, guys, we know you're part of Ash's gang and Ash is in mm-hmm. deep trouble. Normally, we would follow, you know, the Chinese, uh, you know, our proper, you know, head honchos as opposed to Shaw's, but we're behind Shaw on this." So what do you say we go and rescue them? We're going to go get them. We need you to work together with us. And Su Ying, like, he's not doing this necessarily, I think, for altruism, because there's certainly a way of his mannerisms that conveys this, like, maybe he's doing a power play of his own in mind. Uh, but we will find out soon enough, I suspect. Uh, but that's just to set that up for the next episode. So where, you know, there's Sing Su Ling. There we go. So... I'm absolutely terrible with names, honestly. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, anyway, I, I, you got much closer than I would have. Like I, I would, I didn't remember that he had a name. Um, mm. Yeah, this Should is on my hand, but it would probably come really blurry <laughs> by now. This is one of those Sing-sing. like, this is one of those times where I, I'm thinking, boy, like I mean, this this could be the miscalculation, right? Like in in chat, um, Trickster, you know, said that Golzine is you know his obsession with ash is so strong that it could be leaning him to miscalculate 
uh-huh. part of me is thinking, well, this might be the thing that he didn't see coming was that Shorter's gang would remain loyal to Shorter. Mm-hmm. And I mean, certainly now that he's been killed by all this, although Spoilers. if we're, if we're, <laughs> if <Spoilers>. we're <laughs> well, I mean, listen, they, people have seen this episode. Of course, uh, yeah. If if it gets out that Ash actually pulled the trigger, then actually I I don't know maybe mm. maybe they have their bases covered. But but mm. th- but then I'm like, well, the Dino planned this all along, or is this a this is this a uh, a Wong brothers mm. um, special here? Like, are they are, are they like you know fucking over Ash's gang here, like leading them to think they're going to join forces only to betray them later when? They're not, so yeah, it it's all in play. But this scene definitely got me thinking. Like wow, like possibilities. Either the bad guys have have really you know missed something crucial in their planning, or this could be really really bad for Team Ash. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, here's something really really bad that's happening to Team Ash. Um, so after that scene, Shorter is brought into the room. Uh, just to give you some context, oh, by the way, folks. Shorter. No. Oh, that's sure, yeah. Uh, just to give you some context, by the way, folks, the people I mentioned before, the Republican Senator and the Colonel, not Mr. Burns and Co., of course, because they're not the in Colonel. there. Uh, they're, watching, they're watching from a gallery up top with Golzi. Uh, so this is a practical demonstration enjoying, of Banana effects. Enjoying the 69. Oh, the the wine, I mean. The wine. That's, yes, the wine. Anyway, moving swiftly on, uh, as quickly as possible through this scene, because it's awful. Um, Shorter is brought in, and Ash first thinks, hey, good to see you, buddy, and then he's like, oh, you all right, mate? And Shorter is twitching and quivering, uh, sweaty profusely, um, can barely even, like, you know, speak a coherent word, says, you know, I'm in pain, I'm in constant pain. Um, and then AG is brought in. Now... Here's the thing. Arthur takes AG, puts him right in front of Shaw and says, remember this guy that we showed you before? He's your enemy. You've got to kill him, tear his guts out. And this is happening, as I should stress, right in front of Ash and right in front of Max and eBay. Everyone gets a full, you know, mass viewing of everything that follows. Fucking great. Um, and what happens then is that Arthur pulls out this slight little switchblade and gives it to Shaw and says, go on, go fucking kill him. And then, of course, it, yeah, she's like, you know, Shaw, please don't do this. I'm your friend and all that. Uh, but it isn't happening. It isn't reaching it because, you know, he's drugged up to the nice. And Shaw goes completely berserk. He's tearing into him. He's taking chunks out of him. Like, at the end of this scene, Aji looks like he's been mauled by a fucking jaguar. Blood and all. Like, credit where it's due, right? What I really initially thought was going to happen when Shaw started attacking him was I thought, oh, Aegis just going to, you know, dodge all of this. He'll be fine. Like, you know, he'll, he'll be close to peril, but he'll never really truly be in danger. And then the episode was like, eh, 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 eh. we're going to show you how close he is to dying because he gets cut up something for this. And that really, really helps to feel much more threatening than I otherwise would have thought done in a lesser show where they weren't really to show that kind of mortal peril he was in. Yeah. And of course, Ash is completely and utterly losing his marbles over this because it's like, shot, don't, shot, shot, like screaming at him. Mm-hmm. And Eiji is also given a knife to fight back with. Um, 
whether or not he can or won't, I'm going to say Brick should both probably, to be quite honest. He probably wouldn't know which end of the night to hold. But even then, he's certainly too timid to even try and do anything to Sean. I don't not know. I he kind of takes well, a he takes a, a knife fighting stance. Quite that's, the best, that's the best he manages, though. <laughs> he's got his you know his palm and then the knife across the the palm like you're meant to do. So, um, or at least you're meant to, at least the movies have have told me you're meant to do it. I've I speak like I've been in oh, a I knife think... fight and. Are you talking about it's the old happened, boy approach yeah. here, where you can learn everything from TV? <laughs> yes. I downloaded oh, knife fighting from the Matrix, so I'm an expert. <laughs> Knifefighting.pdf. Mm-hmm. Yep. The contents page. Yep. Authored oh, by the what's internet. The, what's, the, what's the WikiHow page like that? I'm, I must have to look at that later. That's probably going to be something. Four uh, ways anyway. to knife fight your way out of trouble. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is the, you know, East Coast left and the West Coast right. <laughs> Right. I don't know if those are actually things if or you're not, a by the way. Like, oh, honestly. fucking hell. Man. Oh. If you're, if you're Australian, you don't use a spoon. That's a really bad Australian accent, sorry. Anyway, um, so... I enjoyed it, as, though. I, as this is happening, of course, Ashes loses his marbles, and then uh, Arthur, well, because he's, you know, one-upping himself constantly on being a colossal twat, gives him a gun. And he says, oh, yeah, only one bullet in it. Choose wisely. I mean... And so, everything kind of reaches a crescendo. That being said, Ash does manage to seemingly get through to Shorter. And he everyone seems a bit taken aback. Right? Yeah. And, like, Shorter seems to stop, like, for a second. And he's like, end it. Please, end it. But then, of course, uh, Arthur, you know, takes ages, like, he's right here, can kill him. And so Ash's chains are loosened so he can get hold of the gun as Shaw has literally pinned AG down and is about to plant the knife between his eyes. And he shoots Shaw right through the heart. Um, t- by the way, just to really sell how awful all this is, just a couple of small touches, like when Shaw is shot, fleck of his blood ends up on AG's face. Great. Uh, Max and eBay have the most appropriate reaction faces for this episode ever. Um, God. Ash looks down at his hands, and like we, of course, don't see anything on his hands, but you know full well that in his head he is envisioning them soaked in blood. Yeah, because he has just had to kill best friend, and it gets worse because it, can you believe it? Like I've not. It's been so long since I've seen a show where you know, like. You are literally in the salt mines and they're just getting rubbed into your wounds as you watch this. Um, because after that happens, like everyone's like, oh, splendid. That was a great show. Amazing. And then Abraham, you know, carrot top fucking pencil dick that he is, uh, says, what about if we dissected him and checked the brain out? I mean... And I'm like, that man is dying an agonizing death. He's, Such a cartoonishly be... evil scientist at this. I mean, uh, I is it is it cartoon? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It, it almost is like if it, if there was like lightning streaking the through windows, the heart, they yes. can preserve the brains. Isn't that exciting? Fucking hell! Um, but yeah, Shaw is taken away. Ash is screaming after him, saying, "What are you doing? With him? Don't touch him!" And that's the episode. Banana fish. Honestly, like, 
I said before off cast the doc, by the way, uh, that there is a line that Golzine has when this is all happening where he says, now this is the true effects of banana fish. And this is something he says twice, as a matter of fact. One time when Sean is screaming and the other time when everyone's shocked and horrified at what's happening. And I'm like, that is meta. That mm-hmm. is completely meta for the actual episode. Because I was like, nope, tap in, tap in. Let me out, let me out, please. I don't want to... Oh, fuck. And so, well, yeah, like, end of disc one. <laughs> Let's go on to the next chapter. And hopefully things... <laughs> hopefully things get better. Yes, yes the, the life materia has fallen into the pool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, Eris' theme is playing. So I'm uh, making if it. I had it <laughs> if only I had it queued up, I'd be playing it right now. Oh, God. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. Yeah, exactly. You're all, you're all there. Oh, right. Let's do talking points then. I, Holy uh, crap. One, our first Christmas together, I got my wife a piano songbook of Final Fantasy songs, and that was one of the ones she learned to play. Excellent. When we still had a piano. <laughs> we had a piano in our first home but we ended up giving that to i forget who <laughs> but yeah. we no longer have it quick quick shout out to blue c devosi who's joining us in the chat here uh just to give you a quick update on what we like describing the episode so far like this episode was masochistic to me like oh my god i'll get to my rain later but i will say up front like that this is a great episode of course but it's one of those things that's torturous to watch yeah, like, this is not going to be like not going to go in favorite episodes. They're like, "Hey, everybody, let's rewatch Banana Fish Nine. You know, Yay! just like, like, "Hey, everyone, let's go watch The Passion of the Christ." That's on. Oh, like, fuck. great. Nope, um, no, <laughs> no, nope, 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 nope. Um, but yeah, like, fuck this. Anyway, we'll get to talking points now. Uh, Doc, would you like to go first, or do you want me to go first? Who, talking you know... points. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, so, I guess my my first talking point is... <sighs> Let me just breathe out here for a minute. Just rethinking through that. It's very hard. Uh, I guess I will... This is a little bit of a like a dampener in some ways. Uh, and has nothing to do with what makes the episode punch uh, or mm. work. But so you're, I think, often like you accuse yourself anyway of being like a nitpicker and raining on parades and thinking mm-hmm. about like plot holes and sort of uh, how kind of, um, you know, what am I trying to say? Like, Clinical, yeah. The narrative can become dissonant to you if um, obvious things aren't tried, or like there's some kind of little world building well, that's left out. <laughs> funny you should say that because you're actually going to bridge into one of my talking points later, um, because there's actually some discourse on the internet about plot holes as of late, which I want to address briefly when we get to it. Uh, but I'm going to save that for a later point. Uh, anyway, carry on. I don't use air quotes correctly. Um, so I, and I think I might, you know, if people listen to a lot of our shows, I'm usually poo-pooing that like, you know, ah, like who cares? Like they did this stuff in service of the narrative or theme or to like, 
um, to kind of enhance like the emotional experience of the viewer. They wanted to evoke emotion. And, and so mm-hmm. they were concerned with doing that. And I'm usually on the different side of the fence than you, but there's a part there. There's a whole thing in this episode where, okay, so I'll just say the, the banana fish test, right. For mm-hmm. the Senator and the Colonel, like the things that Arthur did, running the show down there i feel like many of them were done to add to the emotional gut punch Mm -hmm. and to like you know uh uh reinforce points to the to the to the audience or build up tension that kind of stuff like when he would grab ag's face and shove it in shorter says he'd be like look this is the man and then some stuff happens, and he does it again. Be like, but remember, this is the guy that you're supposed to kill. Don't you want to kill him? And like, the thing with the gut, like, if I am Colonel So and So or a Republican senator, unnamed, portly Republican senator man, uh, I would be like, yes, yeah, tests of failure. I mean, you gave him the drug, shorter. The guy walks in. Well, so I would be like, first of all, how do I know this shit is not rigged? I need to see a test where I know the the principles. It might have helped if they'd shown him actually being, you know, injected and then, you know, yeah. programmed. Firstly, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. maybe they got that. Maybe they got that on the Vimeo. I don't. But know. even then, they could rig that shit. You know what I mean? It could just be like uh, in, injected him with water and then have a guy that he wanted to kill in the arena and they have a knife fight, like. Uh, but I mean, I'm sure, I, I don't know that, that aside, that's like the, the lowest bar to clear, but like, there's just this other stuff of like, like I mentioned before, shorter looks a mess, a mess. He's never going to be able to hide in society looking like that. And like the fact that Arthur had to like talk to him, I mean, imagine like that you, you know, put it on someone in the wild and you're like, Gil Smith. And then you, after you inject him, and then you send Jones into the world. Are you telling me that someone has to grab Smith and shove Smith in Jones' face and say, look, it's Smith. Smith is the one you hate. Smith is the one you have to kill. Like, why could he not just have done without that? Well, Like, why could he? I mean, if, if the reason is that Shorter already has strong feelings for AG and Ash, then again it's a failed test fuck that shit i want to be able to use well, it to have people kill who well, i want to kill regardless if they care about each other well um there are a couple of specific things i can mention this, but i'll just speak in broad strokes about two things first off the intent of this actually isn't anything to do with the banana fish in general this is essentially ash's punishment it just so happens that Golzine is you know doing a two-for-one thing of actually demonstrating the banana fish but I think that if you ask Golzi to make a Venn diagram of what he's trying to do here, the vast majority have been putting Ash in his place. So that's, all the theatrics yeah. from Arv and all that, I think, are the more important thing. Secondly, that's fair, but that second, makes him a bad secondly, crime boss. <laughs> well, that's the thing, like that, like that is, you know, that could very well be a flaw. Much as we said before about mm-hmm. how, like, you know, he has a blind spot, Rash. Secondly, this is establishing something that I have a feeling will become relevant later in that Banana Fish is not flawless. Because Shorter does stop 
and I'm mine. That's why Arthur actually did it the second time. Like, he had to refocus him. He recognized, wait a minute. Why has he stopped? Why is he? Why is he stops like going for AJ? All right, I'm going to refocus his attention. But he did stop. I'm going to put a bet on for you right now. I'm going to bet this in a later scene in this show, probably like say towards the last quarter. AJ is going to be injected with banana fish against his will. Maybe, for example, Arthur gets hold of him drugs him up, and says, right, this guy holds our Polaroid of Ash. You hate him. You despise him. He's done horrible things to you. Stuff like that. And then, cheesy as this will probably sound, when they finally bump into each other again, and he's just like throwing pots and pans and beer bottles him or whatever, like, get away from me, you freak, you monster, whatever, because he's been drugged up. Ash will try and contact, you know, break past that again as he did with Shaw, but couldn't quite do it. Because, you know, there's a connection, an emotional connection between him. That's what shatters it. So it's actually been, you know, it's it's used also to establish that it's not infallible. That's the entire point. I mean, sure, like, the Senators and all that, like, they're probably going to you know, get drip-fed this nonsense and they'll buy it. But, like, I think that that's the two big reasons why the scene plays out as it does. So, yeah, well, I just that's kinda... my feeling. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> that I, wouldn't be satisfying to me. I don't know. We'll see. I, I will see. But I think I think it, they they wouldn't have established that the you know it was possible to break past my fish without reason yeah. for a payoff later on. Uh, although that being said, it, the payoff could just be in the fact that you know that Chaucer at least didn't go out entirely out of his mind. He had a moment of lucidity in which he was briefly himself again, in, even if in part. That was the fucking worst scene in the whole show. When you say when you say worse though, do you mean no, no, no? I mean it was the most painful. Like no, no, not poorly directed. Yeah, it was exactly as it was supposed to. But like, yeah, no, it sucked real bad. I hated the show. Yeah, man, this was this was like getting to Breaking Bad levels of shit, where like horrible stuffs happening. Fuck. All right. Okay, so I mean, it's like I, I can't. It's it's hard for me to think of. This is in like the top two or three worst sentences you could hear from from someone that you're close to that you care about is i'm in so much pain like i can't imagine like there are so if there are many more sentences that are worse to hear from them i mean i don't know them because like that you know heartbreaking it's fucking horrible just maybe you've just maybe realized something actually that i should point out and maybe this is again arguing from the null hypothesis here of well we did do it but what I actually do appreciate in hindsight now is the show does not show anything from Short's perspective when this is happening. Like, okay, yeah, he talks and all that, but we don't see, like, a first-person view from him, like, you know, of how he visions everything, like, everything's blurry and all that. It's entirely for us to imagine how much pain he's in. And you can tell that he doesn't want to do any of it, but he's just, like, you know, almost like clockwork. I mean, in my home city of Manchester, um, there is two drugs going around moment um one of which is called spice and one of which is called monkey dust um spice essentially leaves you as a wreck like you cannot get anything out of a person who's had spice not a thing they are just lifeless zombies zombies is actually the word that the police have used to describe it and monkey dust drives people fucking nuts 
Like, people are scared to go out at night sometimes in certain parts of Manchester because of that. Oh my and this God. felt very... Yeah. And so what's happening with banana fish here felt very true to that, which will actually tie into a point we're going to get to in a later bit. But yeah, like... Oof. Jesus. Fuck. Yeah, so it felt authentic to me, the way it was portrayed. Um, apart from, of course, the fact that they were able to reprogram it a bit, but, well, you know, it had to be something like that to, to make it stand out from all the other, you know, vanilla drugs out there. Oh, boy. Anyway, well, like, right. God. Do you, like... <laughs> how do you know... <laughs> how do you know all this? I feel so because disconnected from, the, like, the local the, drug scene of Nashville. <laughs> It's in the news, and besides, you, oh, okay, I live I like, close to City, so I'm, I keep I keep like an eye out for mm-hmm. it. If you, in case you're curious, folks, the only drug I've ever consumed in my entire life is alcohol and anime, because anime is definitely a class A drug. And <laughs> that's true. I mean, hell, when I was drug watching uh, when I was watching Macross Frontier, I just got a Blu-ray, ground it up, and like you know, then snarled it through a straw. <laughs> that's how I got my Macross hit. Yeah, to import it is the good stuff. Oh, of course, it was premium that with a very credit card i used to buy it um but anyway was right, it so a my... was it a replica of the cheryl gnome card that she uses in the movie that she throws at uh uh the s is fuck is it sdf or sds s s uh it's the um it's not sms sms because it's because it's sex message <laughs> that's the thing you should use to remember <laughs> right that's right yeah yeah military oh. provider or instant messaging service you decide um, but I know it's not, but you've given me an idea, you know, for what I'm going to do this Saturday. So anyway, um, right. So my talking point, the first one I want to get to, Oof, this is probably going to make people hate me and it's probably going to make people question what I'm talking about. Wait a minute. The... Go on. You can't you say, say... continue without the sounder. Next oh. point. You can't Go talk on. over the sounder. Next point. Oh. Continue. Oh. All right. <laughs> so what I'm about to say, like... First off, this is not like, like, feel free to disagree. I could very well be talking out of my ass this, but just hear me out. Let's talk about tone for a second, and let's talk about tension. So, Banana Fish as a show is two things, as I understand it. It's a crime drama, and it's a boil-up drama. I mean, there's a twist to this thing I saw recently that said, is it boil-up? And I'm like, look at the show. Look at the material. Like, Jesus Christ, it's so obvious. Like... I mean, one of the things I actually noticed in this episode is that every time the guys, like, yes, like you see, like, skin, like, round the neck area, you get to see very clearly defined shoulder blades and such. Like, this is very clearly based on, you know, something that was designed for that audience, you know, to get the full male form in. It's not like, you know, when you see flat blobs. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I think people that ask that question, we've had kind of this discussion a little bit on the show, but sort of like asking a very specific uh question i don't think that they're asking like is this show does it have gay romance i mean that that can't be what they're asking that's incredibly obvious but i think that there's I, like... I i'm a bit i'll have to like, barely research that but the point i to make was this right that's the yeah, two okay. things it okay. wants okay. to do yeah it wants to be both of these things and i would argue thus far it's actually succeeded right up until it hit this episode and then things kind of fell apart and i'll explain why so when How you have two you? disparate yeah i do dare come at me this is the point where I completely destroy any, you know, goodwill Bernard Fish fans have towards us. I'm so sorry. But hear me out. So, here's the thing, right? Generally speaking, when you have themes in the show, the best way to get them narratively is to have them intertwine. And Banana Fish has done this so far. I commented previously about how, like, you know, with the way that 
Ash, you know, can't express sexuality properly because of his, you know, being suppressed in this criminal environment, whereas the people in power do get to do so. It's a power play. It's essentially treating homosexuality or just sex in general as, you know, an act of possession, act of ownership. Mm -hmm. And that's the two themes marrying together, you know, where Ash learns that he can have, you know, an equitable relationship with another man that, you know, isn't based on, you know, ownership or power play or anything like that. So and again, previous... and and previously, I've also expressed misgivings about the fact that, like, uh, that the what you're saying is right. That like he he needs to learn that uh, that that kind of relationship can be um, equitable and can be healthy. But um, I guess the the main beef that I would have with it is like they seem to be leaving the sex part behind in the in the ownership power play area you know what i mean like the Aji and and ash are going to have a good healthy relationship and it's going to be platonic and the the messaging in there could be like that's part of what yeah. makes it wholesome and healthy because they're not having yeah. sex. <laughs> like, well, like it could well, be. Yeah, I just I yeah. wish that was part of it too. That like, I understand know, sex, why sex can be had, but like it it doesn't have to yeah. be. Like, I understand a why this father has a bit of fate because the events of the show have kind of swept him away from having any soft like intimate moment like that. Although I will uh, say, Janelle Monae recently came out and said everything is sex except sex, which is power. The actual point I was going to get to was that the issue I take with this, this particular episode of where these two disparate ideas of the crime thing and the, you know, the gay romance thing, previously it's why they now kind of crash head on together, like two train cars colliding. And I'm talking specifically about the dinner scene. So hear me out. This dinner scene on paper is terrifying and awful. Because this is like the prelude to horrible things happening. We've already had the scene with Shaws previously. We know that something bad's going to happen. So we've got tension running through here from the previous scene. And that immediately evaporates the moment Ash walks in and everyone gives their reaction to him looking beautiful. Am I saying that Ash shouldn't look beautiful or like all that? No. I'm totally okay with how it works in the actual context of the event. I get that, you know, Golzine is making him look like that for his own benefit you know, prize pet, you know, pretty him up. Well, then we've got eBay and, you know, eBay, eBay and Max, eBay and Max <laughs> reacting to this, to, the, to him like, oh, he's so pretty. And I'm like, yeah, right. This is, this is tonal whiplash. Like, I understand we need a bit of downtime every now and then, but this is like not the place to do it. This scene, like, should be a completely like silent music wise and b should feel like you could hear a pin drop then we've got i mean we've got like that and then we've got this is not related to the boy stuff zappers but we've got max like looking at his wine and tasting it and i'm like <laughs> is that meant to be funny this is not the time this is absolutely not the time for that like this is the thing like this is where the boiler thing kind of com comes into conflict with the crime thing, because what we should be having is a very tense dinner scene leading up to what we expect to happen next. I mean, I said before, like, when we got to the lab scene, that I was like, oh, God, I know where this is going. And I imagine a lot of people who haven't read Banana Fish before would have immediately put two and two together as I did and thought, oh, Jesus, this is what they're going to do. You can see it all mapped out before you. 
And so you're expectant of that coming about. But then that happens, and you're like, it doesn't work. It, it's really, really weird. Um, now, again, I get the point here. Like, you know, Ash is a good-looking lad, and that's the whole selling point of the manga. But it, there are ways in which this show has weaved together properly before, and it's not happened in this scene, which I was a... I mean, I kind of completely forgot about it once we actually got into the dungeon, I'll be completely fair here, and this is probably the only criticism I really have of this episode. But I think it's just a cautionary lesson that it's good and ambitious and very welcome to have two different themes coming together that, you know, intertwine and play off each other and enhance each other. I mean, take any other police procedural show for any, like Ghost in the Shell, for example, or Psychopaths, which was mentioned before. Yeah, they are police procedurals, you know, but they're also about ex examining technology through these police procedural dramas and how it colors the lives of people in there and how it changes, like a psychopath, you know, how it's used to, you know, emotionally suppress people, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, there are, um, cop, there are cop shows that aren't as dry, though, that do that do kind of play around with tone in different ways. I think yeah. I, I, this is going to be one where I disagree <laughs> with you just because, I mean, I understand, uh, I do understand what you're saying, but like... I'm glad. I was really glad that they cut the tension because, like, man, just the anticipation was already fucking brutal. You need, you uh, need anticipation is not the right word, but like the tension, um, the knowing, the knowing what's coming. Like, there's there's a lot of anxiety there, and because mm -hmm. I mean, but you don't know, of course, the extent of it. Um, and you know, thankfully, they didn't have any silly shenanigans after. That would really be uh, bad, oh, bad God, form. Yeah. That would be very bad. That would have been that would have been terrible. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I was kind of glad that that was there um, now, and it's interesting, right? Like, there's a couple different approaches to this sort of thing. Like Trigun has the one approach where it front loads all of it, like almost all of the silliness is in the first like. 11. It's a coping mechanism for the main character. It's yeah. actually intertwined with how you know him as a person it's not there just for you know silly asides like, like that is literally his yeah. his defense mechanism to keep him sane well just sure right but like um yes and as the audience watching the show for 11 episodes you're like this is a silly show and then for the last 15 then when uh, diablo kicks in you're like, like oh god it's a fucking nightmare of tension and horrible mm -hmm. suffering uh or you could do it this way where you kind of dole it out in little little hits, you know, uh, splice it in here and there, pepper episodes with it. Um, I wonder, I, I wonder if there's like, I don't Sorry. think anything is necessarily right or wrong in art. I'm sure that there's like ways you could pull either it's... approach off, you know. I think it's going to be a case of your mileage may vary on this one. And speaking for myself, it just felt very distracting. But I'm not going to presume, like you know, that that's a necessarily. I mean. I should point out as well, by the way, that once again, uh, myself and Doc, I would imagine, if I'm speaking out loud of stuff, please tell me, we're not strictly speaking to target audience for this material. I mean, right. The way it's right. So I think that, you know, if you appreciate that, firstly, great, fantastic, that's awesome. And B, you'll probably have a much more favorable reaction to it than I would have. Um, so don't take it for me saying, like, you know, you're wrong if you like, you like that bit. That's just my observation, and take it for what it's worth. Okay. Um, next point. My next talking point Ugh. is fuck this show. Fuck it. 
hate it. It's the worst thing. Never, don't watch it. It will, it will destroy you. It is, like, God, I just, oh, like, it just has wounded me. So this episode got so deep, and it was just yeah. such savage uh, torture uh, by Arthur and Golzine. Um, but then there's part of me, like, I just, I can't help but, like, you know, appreciate how the show has, like, managed to make us care about all these characters so much. I mean, it's speaking for mm-hmm. me, and I think you. Because there, there are other anime that, like, let's see, the one there, that springs... There are other anime... There are other anime that cannot do this in nine episodes. Oh, well, like, in 24, what this did in nine. Yeah. It's honestly embarrassing to be in the same medium against this show. That's how good it is that it can make you care that much this early. I think the only show that immediately springs to mind that I would compare Banana Fish to in terms of getting engaged and liking these characters is Berserk. 1997, just clarifying. 1997 mm-hmm. Berserk. Not even, not even more Screw that. I think that is probably the thing that strikes me as the most relevant comparison for character engagement yeah um no that's that's right i what i was gonna point out was um other anime i can think of that do uh, that do things to make you suffer like explicitly like you know that they're trying to hurt you and or that that are maybe that's not the right way to put it but that they are about suffering. Steinsgate. Steinsgate. Uh, oh well, okay. So yeah. that, but that's well, that's a good, that's a good and favorable comparison, I guess. So the one I'm thinking of is called Now and Then, Here and There, and it's but from, here, but everywhere. Right. That's a confused. <laughs> oh my god, that title. <laughs> uh, and you got it right first time, though. That's impressive. Hey, uh, it, it made a mark on me. I, it's I still haven't been able to forget it. I've only I've seen it once. Uh, in like, when would this have been? Probably like thirteen years ago. Uh, don't plan to watch it again. Um, but what it tries to do, it 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 just shows a lot of suffering. But to like, you don't care about the characters as much, but you're still appalled by the suffering because of just how fucking brutal it is. Mm. And I just hate that. I do not respect that because um, I didn't care about the characters or di- didn't really understand. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if I do watch it again, maybe like something will dawn on me or I'll appreciate it for different reasons. But like fucking. Yeah, that show, it just kept horribler and horribler things kept happening and Mm -hmm. that is and it it made me hurt um in a similar way that this show made me hurt like in not in terms of how it got there but the degree of feeling i guess and Mm -hmm. i i this show is has just gone about it in a way that i respect much more again because it's uh because I, i care about the show because i care about the characters and i will see it through to the end and we'll we'll revisit it again um that's that's all i ever ask of a show or any material i ever watch make me give a shit about the characters and i'll love it like it's really as binary as that that to me in my opinion is what you should be 
using as the groundwork for all of your writing. Whatever medium it's in. I don't care about the characters. I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to make jokes about it. I'm going to probably start getting really bored. Or I'm going to flat out hate it. Or maybe a combination thereof. Get me caring about the characters. You will probably flat out hate it. It's hard to make a joke of... uh... I mean, the the worst thing, the thing that lingers in my mind and, like, content warnings all, but there's a little girl. Uh, oh, great. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, there's a little girl in that show who is, um, uh, boy, uh, she is, she is raped and she, oh. she finds out she is with child, uh, and great. she begins to uh slam her belly with a jagged rock because she does not want this to happen and it's like just just oh god for like any for people who are sensitive or have empathy like yeah that fucking show man and and even and uh, unlike banana fish right like this show is so like raw and like up in your face and i feel like is just so much less subtle. Like we talked it before about how banana fish is so, so good about um, leaving a lot of its worst horrors to your imagination and yeah. how we can appreciate that much more. Mm, I agree. Yeah. A lot happening uh, in chat at the moment about, oh God. Uh, about the conventions of uh, the genre that it's in, which which i mean we said like i don't even know it's sort of this dual genre like it was originally written as a a shoujo manga like uh for for the for ladies but now of course it can be i don't know uh it's it's part crime drama part gay romance yeah. so i don't it's, really know it's genre wise like what kind of conventions i think it's always worth just to, a firstly judge the work on its own merits and B, I said before about your mileage may vary, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it's literally good or bad. There can be varying degrees of good, varying degrees of engagement, and varying degrees of bad. Maybe it's in the middle, it's just plain fucking dull. Like when I watched Hacker 13. God, that was a... <laughs> That's a famous one that you just hate uh, so much. I uh, sleep-inducing, honestly. Um, but anyway, that's all I'll, I'll say to that. And now for my next talking point, I believe. Move on some Wait, time. sounder. Let's oh. hit it. Next point. Go! <laughs> Go. Alright, so let's talk about plot holes. Now, I have been noticing recently on the old internet that, you know, everyone seems to be swimming in, that there's been a kind of a counter movement to people getting nitpicky and, you know, such about plot holes in analyses. And to me, I half agree and half don't. I think that there's a kind of contract with fiction whenever you take on board that's unique to each work of fiction as to how much you're willing to tolerate in, like, you know, things like, you know, not making sense. Like, okay, what happened with Lut, where, you know, like, it seems like it's temporally dissonant that he got out before, like, age was taken away, but didn't take age. Whatever. Whatever. That doesn't matter. Um, I was thinking to myself as I was watching the scene in which Ash, um, you know, was tied up and everything was happening with Sean aging. He gets the gun. And for some reason, in my head, I couldn't help this when I was thinking about it afterwards. Thinking, why did he not shoot Sharter in the leg? Now, hmm. here's the thing. Here's the here's hmm. the thing. Here's the thing. It's a trick question. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant because 
you said before like about how I nitpick and such like that. For me, it tends to fall against character logic, and you have to always understand that sometimes characters can make decisions that, you know, will on paper seem really stupid, but you are never in the situation they're in. To some degree, you, you know, that still doesn't excuse stuff. I mean, I've complained about that in Franks, for example, where I think you and me had that, you know, blazing row about, you know, fucking heroes bullshit in episode 14. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that wanker calling his missus a monster. You know, great. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> yeah, about um, whether that was... Uh... Yeah, I, I remember Yeah, that. justified. Please yeah. look up the YouTube video if you... Actually, no, let's not, let's <laughs> not. Um, but in that case, for me, I felt like it violated that contract I was talking about, where it didn't, you know, it wasn't justified by his logic, his actions, or the build-up to it. And then, funnily enough, it wasn't justified by the outcome of that either. So when I think about this scene now, in which he does, you know, flat out shoot, Shaws are dead, I can come up with a thousand and one different reasons for why he did it, or why he should have done something differently. It doesn't matter, because what I am now interested in is the aftermath of this. I mean, we saw the reaction of Ash holding his hands, Ollie. I have blood on me. I've had to kill my best friend. I'm very curious to see what the ultimate outcome is. I mean, who knows how things could have played out differently if he'd done something else. Like, what if he just played shot Arthur dead? I don't know. Who knows what might have happened. That would have been the I would celebrate. Ending. I would do a, a small dance. Yeah, uh, in the in the confines of my office, away from the window, so that people cannot see me. But I would do it exactly. nonetheless. Exactly. So for me, I think this is a nice object lesson here with this scene. In that, yeah, you can be, you know, nitpicky, you know, cinema sin style. Ding doesn't make any cinema sense. Cinema sins. I laugh yeah. when you bring it up. <laughs> people uh, hate cinema bit... sins. Yeah, but it, that's the thing. Like, right? I could, I could very well, you know, it actually just you know <laughs> i could very well like with this scene point out a thousand one different actions that i should have taken instead rather than shooting shot at dead and then i could start counter arguing by saying well he's under dramatic you know incredible pressure and he doesn't know maybe if he shot shot in the leg if he, you know he stop so i could talk about all that doesn't matter sometimes sometimes fiction the contract that you have allows you to spend your disbelief that because it suggests mm -hmm. and hopefully delivers on it that there's more to it than that. It's an emotional connection, you know, an emotional outcome of it. Because law knows, like, we already had what happened with Skip and we had what happened with Griff. It keeps revisiting them. It's always relevant. What about the scene in which, you know, in the previous episode where Ash was on the rooftop by himself and he was just burying his head in his hands? What's this going to do to him afterwards and how is he going to rise from it? What's it going to mean for aging? Like, this is why I can completely ignore that little nitpicky side of my brain. Like, you know, well, we could do something different. I'm more interested in the actual outcome now. So nice, right. I think object lesson. Object, I think that's an object lesson in you know that potholes can be relevant sometimes. It's going to be something that you'll have to figure out for yourself. But sometimes you might want to take wider context into account as well as you know the emotional payoff. Agreed. Um, do you think Ash is uh, like a how did Trickster put it? Um... A magical cowboy? Was that something? <laughs> like that? I, cowboy was one of the words I read. Maybe magical, not so. You're thinking about um, uh, that the 2D side scroller puzzle game that we played. That I can't remember. Um, it starts with an A. That we played uh, earlier yeah, yeah, this yeah. year with the magical cowboy guy, <laughs> shirtless. Remember? God damn it! I'm having I'm having such a mind blank on that now. That's actually kind of scaring me. I feel like something that specific is something I should remember. Well. I was playing it 
around my birthday time, and then you bought it and played through it, and I still haven't finished it. Uh, oh, 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 that was Iconoclast. Iconoclast, thank you. Yes, they're, they're, yes. that's the magical game. Very, very um, good game. No, so um, earlier in chat, um, Ash said that, like, the show prioritizes uh, Ash's uh, objectification f- for the purpose of uh, achieving catharsis for Japanese women, and that he's like a sort of stand-in for female power fantasy. Um, and I do see the the cowboy gangster comment now. Um, thoughts on that? I think I'm just going to have to go back to my original talking point that as long as it doesn't actively impede the tone, mood, or narrative, that's fine. I think this, like, like I said before, this whole, you know, bile of, you know, gay romance thing intertwining with the criminal elements in which, you know, like, all of the homosexual characters in here, apart from Ash, have been, ter- you know, depicted as being awful, cruel people. And that, of course, is going to be torn down, you know, when we see our, you know, heroes get to engage in a regular relationship. So, I don't immediately have a problem with it it's a case-by-case, scene-by-scene basis, as this show has demonstrated to me thus far, where for every episode apart from this one, it's been entirely spot-on with it. Mm-hmm. But then this happened with the dinner scene, and that's when it became noticeable to the point that it was a detriment. It's not a black-and-white thing to me. I, you can literally have a word mm-hmm. do it right in one episode and do it wrong in the next. It could be completely wrong from start to finish based on flawed reasoning like Frank's politics. Uh, by the way, shout-out to Nishigori if you're listening, because he claimed... <laughs> claimed to people with a straight face that it was <laughs> that, you know, he never intended any political messages or any themes in, you know, the entire show's run of, like, giant shit, mate. Giant absolute shit. Uh, but anyway, back to the point at hand. Yet, really just a question of moment by moment, scene by scene. That's how I would describe it with Banana Fish, so I don't I'm, I'll tell you as we go along, I suppose. If it happens again, I'll let you know. And if there are other bits I like where it swines quite well, like it's done before, I'll also similarly. I apologize. Um, just typing in, in chat. Um, uh, and I, I don't really have a, a third um, Next point. talking point. Uh, but I'll just say, I, I guess, uh, to, to discuss... Um, and bring it around so like um, yeah um, I, I do hope that uh, I hope right I, I'm holding out a, what some may assume is an unreasonable hope that um, the show will be uh, somewhat progressive right um, and assuage my worries that it's going to kind of you know do things like put the message out there that the gay sex is bad but the gay platonic Chast- relationship Chast- is good yeah <laughs> um, chastity is security yeah and not even and it doesn't even seem like a chastity thing but more like a like a, a gay thing mm. um i and, will and, be fair though it also just by all the one heterosexual relationship we've seen is in tasses in this show so there is that mm-hmm, that's if, you wanna, if you want to throw that as a cat as a cow argument that's not that true. really matters to be honest. I mean, if you want, it's not. No one's keeping score. It doesn't really matter. Um, but, but I do agree. Go on. Oh no! So just to finish. So like, yes, I'm hoping that like that will be. I think good. I think that would would uh, would send 
a good message that I would feel good about, and that would be good to see. However, you know, um, Blue Sea Devotee raises uh, a good point in chat, you know, when she says, like, not everything has to be progressive, and that's entirely true also. And, I mean, you know, I don't think anybody's forgetting that the source material is an 80s manga. Like, if it doesn't, if the story's not changed and it remains largely true to the original kind of um, vision and uh, intent and plot, like, I think it's just fine that we have this artifact of of its time. I think that's entirely fine and entirely entertaining, and I will appreciate it on its own merits. Um, mm. I guess, like, yeah, I'm just, I'm always hoping for... Um, for better uh for marginalized folks to to see positive portrayals of themselves and positive messaging when it comes to their identities i agree Um, but but yeah it will like i'm not going to deduct sort of my own my you know deduct points or, or lower my esteem that i hold the show in because it doesn't do that i mean i i do have that kind of understanding of Mm. you know again where we could be looking at a historical artifact here something that's very much a product of its time um and that you know for though i i I guess my thing is not everyone that is going to be watching it will understand that and so that that's where i wish it would it would make you Yeah, your mileage may vary again. Yeah, I, I wish uh, not everyone's going to know about like, you know, this being a thirty-year-old story, um, and so, you know, they might be be hurt by by some of it or. Yeah, I uh, think at know. this point I should just throw in as well that just as a reminder, folks, like both myself and Doc Arsis said. So obviously, you know, we're coming this from perspective that is probably not entirely equipped or even partially, perhaps, to truly talk about this material in a way like. It's like, you know, with what happened with Frank's where, you know, I couldn't really say how, you know, hurtful it was about that show's LGBTQ plus fiction, because I myself now plus. So I'll just try and reassure everyone that if you are, you know, if you as Barfish goes on, you find it to be insufficient or even, you know, downright rubbish because of that, that's entirely valid. It's not for me or anyone else to say otherwise. Uh, I'll just try and approach it as honestly as I can, as I always have done. And have a couple of cheeky jokes along the way. And no one's expense, I should stress. Um, anyway, I, I'm going to have to apologize, folks. We just need to go to a quick break because I am actually kind of knotted up here and I need to... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'll be back <laughs> in just a moment.
We are back. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, oof. It was a, it was a struggle to walk the three feet to the bathroom. I will say that. Uh, anyway, let's actually. Jesus. Move on. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's not. Okay. Uh, no, no. I have one talking point. All right. We've done with that one. Uh, to, uh, to just quickly address um, a lot of what's going on in chat. So, where did all the progressive banana fish is pro- progressive um, stuff start? Uh, I mean, I, I think most people watching it uh, understand the history of it and know that it is a thing from 30 years ago, so it probably wouldn't be. I think a lot of people hoped, whether it's based on hints that the the project lead dropped or just speculation based on what people knew about the project lead, that, that they would uh, make some changes make make some some changes to the story um but uh, i mean otherwise than that i mean you're not going to get something super duper progressive um you're you're gonna get um what you got uh then which uh you know i guess for its day uh you know was in some senses progressive but it it was limited what you could publish in in the 80s uh about this sort of thing and that is why I think that the uh, the relationship between AG and Ash will be platonic. That's what I'm kind of foreseeing. And like this is where so so I saw in chat I forget who said it, so I don't know who to attribute it to that they thought the message was that sexual assault was bad, not that sex was bad. And I agree that is a way you could interpret it. I think that that is what what a charitable person would be going for and would say, but like, mm-hmm. because Ash and Aji never consummate their relationship, you just don't know. Like yeah. you, that, that leaves the wiggle room of, of the other mm-hmm. thing. And like, so, so yeah. So, and, and I don't, you know, to me, it's entirely fair game to interpret it that way because that's, I mean, it sure seems like an easy sort of equation to to me. Yeah. You've got this kind of relationship on mm-hmm. one side and this on the other. One is, you know, the good one and one is the bad one. <laughs> mm. I uh, I have mentioned before that, like, this show, um, pretty much all of the homosexual characters in it, apart from Ash and Aji, of course, like, they're all criminals. They're all criminals in power. Even, what was it, Marvin? Like that token Marvin. guy. Marvin, I forgot about Marvin. The, ma- yeah. the man with the neck goiter. And of course, you know, the criminals in the prison and all that, the people we saw before. Like, you could make the argument, in my opinion, that it is gradually going to blossom out, you know, with this relationship that may even still be platonic, but at least it shows that, you know, it's a counter-argument to the narrative that's presented then. Because I think that you can equate criminality with wrongness, and so therefore the association is because mm. all of these people right. are so blatantly, you know, hom- like, they're homosexual in a, you know, 
power play kind of way, ownership kind of way. It's building it up to tear it down and say, actually, this is the truth of it. This is the wholesome element. But I will also say that I am in completely agreement. Well, you're actually quite right there, Slewbell. That is true. But the difference is, is that Ash's criminality is actually based more around just street-level related stuff. It's not him, you know, possessing or owning anyone else. I suppose the argument I should make more rather than focusing on the criminal element here is just more that, you know, what is in the relationship? What is the contractual agreement, so to, sp so to speak, between the parties in question? Um, the agreement between Ash and Golzine, for example, is, well, Ash just, you know, he's told what to do and he will take it, and that's it. Whereas, you know, that's presented as the status quo for all the homosexual relationships seen as far. But when age comes along, and you know, he offers them an alternative, which is, as I've said before, the word is equitable. However, however, I however. am in a com complete agreement with Doc that I do think this material would be well-suited and would benefit greatly from exploring the sexual side of things rather than being strictly platonic. Now, I have watched it's, shows before... It's also funny, can I just say, very quickly, that I think that it's someone made this point, <laughs> or, or, or alluded to this. We are spending a lot of time, and I think a lot of the discourse of Banana Fish spending a lot of time on something that might be actually quite a low percentage of the show, what the show is devoted mm. to. It might be first and foremost a crime drama. <laughs> This you know is true, I mean? and, and and also torture porn, you know. As well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I'll, yeah I'll, just I'll just I'll just finish off by saying though that I I'm in agreement with you that I think that it would be worthwhile exploring that avenue. Mm -hmm. I have seen shows in which characters, you know, who are gay, do not end up conspacing on screen or in even like you know, in a hinted kind of face black way. Yuri on Ice is the one that sticks out to me in particular. But I didn't mind in Yuri on Ice's no, case because yeah. And I'll tell you why I didn't mind in your own ice case, because the closing scene of that show was the two of them skating together, which to me was far more intimate than any sort of actual sexual activity. Yeah. At least as far as it's a question again of context and such. Mm -hmm. um, and that show you don't have we... like a terrible counter narrative of what what the, the, well, also the gays are like, quote unquote. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, there, there is also that. Um but we'll have to see as it goes along. Alright, I've got one final thing I want to talk about. Um, okay, let's talk about OPs and openings specifically. So, I would argue that your average viewer of fiction and media these days is probably more savvy than they even realize or would give themselves credit for. Like, you might not, for example, you know, when you watch the lab scene happen, have immediately gone, <gasps> you know, look at a drug shot or up and then show it there, but you might have, like, started parsing it in your head and started seeing how it out. And then there's also the OP. Now, OPs in anime can tell you a lot of things. Uh, they can give you an immediate sense of the show's aesthetic and style. I mean, I think of Kuchi Baranko, for example. If I showed you the OP for that, then that's almost immediately the show's messier, like, laid out. So there you go. Why is this relevant to Banana Fish, you might ask? So, correct, the opening of this show, like, I have a couple of preconceptions about anime OPs, and if it's a two-course show, you'll get a switch halfway through. Sometimes you get more. JoJo's has done that several times, for example. Um, but it, the thing about the OP is that I already had, of course, have witnessed Skip Griff die, and Skip and Griff are not in the OP at all. Shorter is, though. And that completely disarmed me for what was following next. I actually think it's kind of brilliant that it played to that expectation and played against it. 
Because if you're keeping score, Skip and Griff, you know, not in the OP, that kind of primes you for the idea that anyone who's not in the OP is fair game for death. So there you go. And then next thing you know, Shaw's dead, even though he's featured quite prominently in it. So I really appreciate them doing that with this. Just again, help disarm it, make it just punch a little more, even in the little bits. Because some OPs, unfortunately, can give away too much. All this even happens in movies. Like, if you've ever seen Suicide Squad, for example, um, the team has a number of members who all have really fancy intro videos. There's one who doesn't, though. And no prizes for guessing which one dies first. So there you go. So just a small side note there about the OP playing into Charlotte's death there, but I really appreciate it. I'll be curious to see when we get to episode 10, which is in my queue, uh, if he's still going to appear there. But we'll find out. Sorry. Caught red-handed again typing in the chat. <laughs> just a dead it's silence. Disgraceful. <laughs> behavior, dog. Oh. It's not what we but anyway, uh, that concludes our discussion. I yeah, believe. I think that's all. The, um, that's all the points I have for sure. Yeah, woofed. Uh, that concludes our discussion on Banana Fish episode oh, nine. Show. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I will just say, by the way, that I'm enjoying the show, but I think enough is enough for the time being, as far as the suffering goes. I feel like, like I feel like we're only in store for more. I well, really do. I mean, I don't know how they could possibly do things like that uh, on a point-by-point -point basis more awful than what happened there, unless it involves AG somehow, who could say? But I will say that this is, again, like the kind of thing about the fictional contracts that I mentioned before. Um, there's a certain point to which I'm willing to accept, you know, a melancholy mood and that things horrible keep happening, like the show that you mentioned before, the one with the really silly name I can't remember. Um 91 Days, however, um, just to give you a counter example, I was okay with that because that was the show's game plan from the start. I mean, you watched Angelo like doing his stuff and you knew he was already dead. He was just literally a walking husk of a man. His soul was gone. So you knew full well there was going to be awful stuff happening. That's part of the show's appeal. It was up front with you about it. Banana Fisher has said, you know, it's hinting to me that there will be light at the end of the tunnel, but it's got to be careful with how far it pushes. That's the thing that I will say. Um, that being said, that being said, let's rate the episode. Uh, okay. Do you want to go first, Doc, or shall I? Why don't you go first? All right. I'm going to make a confession here. Were it not for that one complaint I had, that one complaint I had about the dinner scene, mm -hmm. this would have been a five out of five. Woo! This would have been one of the few... You, you like me having your heart ripped out. <laughs> the thing is, this... This, to me, was such a masterful, masterful work of build-up. Everything from start to finish was on point. It was the culmination of events leading to this point that told us what Banana Fish was. It played on all the established character relationships. It made me care. It made me feel really awful about what happened, but that's the thing. That's because it intended to do that. It was absolutely masterful. Even the little details I joked about, like the fact that fucking Arthur's hair goes up and stuff like that. Like, this to me was just simply textbook. It was perfect. Except for the dinner scene. That's, yeah, that unfortunately soured it slightly for me. Well, not massively. So in the end, I am going to give the Fish episode 9 4.5 
avocado neckties out of five. <laughs> Very <laughs> avocado necktie. I'm so serious. Good. Go back and it's look. So it's so good. Avocado pan on his neck yeah. thing. It's ludicrous. I'm like, Dolzy, like, look, I'm probably going to end up looking a little bit like you at some point in the future, given the, you know, the fact we're both. Pr- yeah, I know. Um, but <laughs> I just think to myself, like, your sense of fashion sometimes is a bit questionable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I swear, if Gorzine ever says the words rich Corinthian leather in this show, I'm never going to talk about it again. Oh, Jesus, fuck. Not down with that. I want more romance. Blue Sea. <laughs> I really want more romance. Being a man, I still want... I want them... I wish they explored it more, uh, this sort of thing. I mean, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but... Uh... But uh, but I, I mean I Actually, like the action stuff too. I just, I just like everything the show does, so I just want more of everything the show does well, which I think are that's bo- it. both things. Um, yeah, and that's why I'm here for specifically. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's plenty there's plenty of shows out there that would cater to me with you know quality female characters. Macross, all of them. Uh, you know, Macross ladies are fantastic. Well, I'm not all out. not all the Macrosses. There's a bad well, one. okay. There's this there's one, one bad one in my opinion. <laughs> just Macross Zero. That's the only bad. one. <laughs> Uh, that's appropriately named. Right, is there? Yes, exactly. Yeah. The I mean, Lance Boyle joke, joke from Mega Race. <laughs> We've named our track uh, The Big Zero as a tribute to our fans. <laughs> classic. Absolutely classic. Um, I'm actually just going to very quickly throw a point out that I just want to talk about with regards to how I approach this kind of material, which is not strictly speaking for me. Um, I will say this I absolutely despise shows that have a lead female protagonist who has a harem of women around them. And the male protagonist usually, in these particular shows, has not a single endearing quality to his name. Apart from that one thing that no one ever knows and suddenly brought out due to unexpected so events or circumstances. Yeah, the, the stereotypical harem, the harem yeah. show, right? Yeah. I absolutely hate that shit. <laughs> Fucking despise it. Um, the reason, though, that I find shows like Banana Fish appealing, even though I am cishet and therefore this really isn't another night sort of thing, is because it's not trying to do the same sort of thing. Relationships, all of them, in my opinion, are always formed through a certain level of adversity. Now, maybe that's a bit of a strong word to use, but even then, that's just literally coming down from the point of, you know, I don't know this person, I'll get to know them. Then I'll get to understand their interests, their flaws and all that, and I'll get over that, you know, I'll get, I'll accommodate that. So, when I have shows like this that aren't trying to pretend, you know, or make characters who are completely vacuous and yet still, you know, have women fall at their feet, that to me is what makes for appealing romance. And that's why I'm actually being drawn more and more to LGBTQ plus material as a set man, because it's not trying to pull that bullshit with me. Mm. It's not mm-hmm. even trying to pull that bullshit with its target audience. And I immensely appreciate that. I appreciate the maturity that it shows. And, that's me said, I'm not going to preclude the existence of material that is LGBTQ+, plus that also does do that same kind of thing as the crap I mentioned before. That probably sure. does it. This is out there. Sure. But generally speaking, the more and more shows I watch, this is the more I'm trending towards watching this kind of stuff, because it gives me what I want. Hmm. It's not, you know, trying to play nice. It's not trying to show it me. It's not trying to make me comfortable. I mean, we said before, like, you know, about how... Um, Ash had one particular scene in which in the previous episode he said, like, don't touch me. This is why I think that maybe there will be a bit more to deal with, you know, maybe not necessarily full-on consensual sex or anything like that, but just, you know, intimacy uh, between mm-hmm. him and Eiji. Yeah. It's something they'll have to overcome. And the thing is... And maybe that's that like... It... Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. 
No, uh, uh, but that's like, you know, something that is overcome. Fiction, in my opinion, and I could be wrong on this, should be about challenges that you overcome. And these could be something really, really, you know, tech literal, like non, you know, thematic, like we've got to blow up the enemy fortress. Simple as mm -hmm. that. Or it could be barriers that you put up inside yourself. Barriers that characters have that need to be torn down so that they can truly embrace who they are. And I am I think for me as well, one of the other great appeals, like, you know, of LCQ fiction is that for me, I'm a big fan of, you know, wanting to have a self-identity, you know, to stick yourself out there, which is what the other kind of show is never about. It's not about making yourself stick out. It's about, you know, people dragging themselves down to your level. Right, Thanks. right. They will discover, Thanks, other. everyone else will discover how special you are one day. Yeah. And as opposed to, you know, you being, your feet. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to, you know, embracing what makes you interesting and unique. And that's why stuff like Banana Fish appeals to me, because it's still, regardless of my own sexuality, and regardless of the fact that I'm not of the sexuality of the target audience, or even of the gender, it's still about, to some extent, embracing your identity, embracing what makes you a good person, what makes you a better person, coming out from that particular, you know, mold that you're trapped in. In this case, Ash is, you know, basically being owned as property. AG embracing his own, you know, identity and sexuality and trying to deal with his own previous traumas. This is why this stuff appeals to me, and that's why that stuff doesn't. It's not about that. It's just, okay, we got waifu one, we got waifu two, we got waifu three, vanilla, strawberry, chocolate, mint, take your pick. You can have arguments by Discord all fucking night. That stuff has its place, but I do, it, I it agree does, with you. I know what you're saying. It, it does, but I don't think, you know, people should approach it with any modicum of seriousness and treat it as, you know, genuine, you know, Maybe this is really cruel of me to say, but honestly, I don't think that stuff deserves anything more than just a snuff look at it. It's just, you know, comfort food. It depends food, what you need. Junk. Yeah, I guess it depends it's what you need, mag. you know? It's a big bag. That's the way I describe it. Or maybe, uh, yeah, I mean, in one sense, you could that, but for, uh, for another person, it could be like a, like a blankie. You know, that they it could be a coping thing that they sort of need to level off of. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm never one to begrudge, like, people kind of looking, looking no, to no, junkie no, no, escapism, no, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, won't, I, won't, I won't begrudge people doing that. Every, you know, whatever people need to get I through know. their day, mm -hmm. that's fine. But to me, I think that, you know, the medium could be doing so much better. So that's just my side point there, just to explain, you know, my approach bit, given, you know, my various attributes. Although I also, also like Banana Fish B.O. because it's just got the fucking ridiculous tension building and the invested oh, characters. God. That's always a good thing to have. Uh, anyway, uh, would you like to give your racing dog? Yeah, I'm also going to give it um, four. Uh, four petty power mad scientists out of five. Wait, did you give it less than me? Did I you was give four it? And a half. Oh, you gave it four and a half? Uh, I, I'm going four. Um, wow. Yeah. That's a rare occasion. Uh, just for those of you who might not have caught our streams of thought on Nestu no Suzume, MMO Junkie, or of course, you know, the show God. that shall not be named. Uh, Fucking, we need MMO Junkie in our lives after this show. Holy we shit. Do. We need some kind of, we, speaking of warm blankets, we need like the hot cocoa of anime. <laughs> after that, this show. That, is the best, that is such a good way of describing it. But um, for those of you who might not have seen those and they're joining us for Banana Fish, generally speaking, I grade lower than dark on pretty much everything. Like, I reckon if I were to just spitball the average, like, or the standard deviation, I'd say it's, like, not 0.75, maybe 1. Yeah, I, so I'm a high grader, having, for sure. 
So having me grade higher than Doc, especially significantly <laughs> higher. Fucking hell. I what's going on? Like, you know, is this opposite day or something? No, 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 no. I <laughs> I, I, kid, I, think... I kid, I kid. <laughs> I do think it's a really good episode. I guess I just um was more distracted than usual about how you did mainly mention about Arthur's theatrics, you know, and that he was how crappy, like that that uh, that the test, you know, would have gone down, and how like uh, you know, yeah. But Anna Fish really doesn't seem like suitable for the market that they want to put it in, or at least that they under I understand that they that they want to put it in. Um, but Anna yeah, Fish, the drug, good. not the not the anime. Um, and then uh, uh, well, so, but and apart from that, like that was so much of the episode that there wasn't like a lot more to it. Um, mm. And so I yeah, you. I just deducted a little bit from that in, in my mind. But I mean, it's a fantastic episode. Um, for sure, it it knocked me flat, you know. And and I'm ready, I'm ready for more. Oh, for sure. Doc's vacation and... made you harder to please. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. There's that, not yeah. there's not enough um, Japanese uh, professional wrestling in this episode to give it a fuck. Oh god, if that actually turned out to be a thing, like, then I think that you would probably like this would be your best show ever. <laughs> not enough. Anyway. Not enough Yuji Nagata. Listen, Japanese wrestler Yuji Nagata has been in multiple anime that weren't about wrestling. <laughs> he just appears as himself, Yuji Nagata. Fair enough. Who I love. I mean, if you could do it, why not? Um. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Emmys, thank you very much as always for listening. Uh, yeah. We'll be back tomorrow. Oh, no, wait, wait. We have to uh, talk about the polls. Oh, we, we, we still do. have to talk about um, the polls. We have to talk about Twitter the Twitter poll. We cannot end before we mention them. Uh, we've posted them in chat, but um, you know, for anyone not looking at chat or watching the VOD, you will have uh, a week from now to, to vote. And uh, when we it's gonna be funny when we do episode ten tomorrow. Yes, we're gonna stream tomorrow, episode ten. Yeah. Uh, these will, polls will still be early days, so vote now, vote early and often. Um, beep, beep, beep. Push, push that button. Yes. Smash that like button. Tap uh, that. We <laughs> We've only got two. Uh, I was only able to come up with two polls. Uh, well, uh, to be fair, we're going to have more polls tomorrow, I imagine, after we watch episode 10. So that actually works out quite nicely. That's true. And they'll be all kind of clustered together. So, polls for episode 9. If Golzine was the captain of a cruise ship, would you set sail with him? Uh, right now, 0% say anchors away, and 100% say abandon ship. Those I'd are sink the choices. <laughs> I'd sink the damn thing while I was there. Sabotage! Um, and uh, it, in the, the poll that uh, I've uh, put up in honor of uh, being stimulated by this interesting idea that was posed in chat about uh, Ash as kind of a female power fantasy character, I've asked, is Ash Link's character meant to be female power fantasy? And at the moment, it's 50-50. So I don't know. I think whether or not you agree, it's interesting to think about. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I have not. I just had not considered that before now. And again, like, not a lady. So, like, obviously that you know that's probably not going to be the first thing that uh, like occurs to me. I'm much. It's much easier. I mean, maybe for everyone to point out male power fantasy because it's so ubiquitous and oh, we're yeah, all kind of trained to like see it. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But I hadn't thought about Ash uh in that way. So that's I'll have to think about that some. So thank you, Trickster, mm. for for posing that uh, interesting idea. Indeed. And thanks to everyone who's joined us in chat to talk about the episode.
order to uh, shoot the Breeze Talk shop, guys. Much appreciated. Um, as I say, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, not sure what time yet, but we'll let you know. Uh, we'll be discussing episode 10 of Banana Fish. In the meantime, Doc, where can people find you? At the Subtle Doctor on Twitter. If you want to talk about anything and everything, I'm here. Fair play. And you can find me at Shane1010. Feel free to talk to me about, you know, like why I'm such a masochist and why I like, you know, watching shows that, you know, just made me weep into my armchair. <laughs> They're going to suggest <laughs> a lot of, like, anime where shit happens, like, horrible stuff. Oh, I've already occurs. had some crappy shows suggested to me that I'm going to, you know, filter out for the upcoming Halloween special. Yay. <laughs> no, people are going to suggest good shows where that hurt you. Uh, mm. <laughs> mm. anyway um from me uh from doc um thank oh, you yeah, all where again, are you much. where are you on twitter did you say hmm? did me? you mention your twitter oh I probably, I probably yeah I, look i told you guys i was sick so there you go that's my excuse we're bad I've got the uh, brand i've got the lurgy <laughs> i've got the lurgy that's the thing uh, you can find me at shade and 10 10 on swiss i also have a curious cat which is curious cat there before slash shade 10 so again, feel free to uh, throw questions my way. Ask me whatever you like. Um, just a quick shout out as ahead of time. Um, if you happen to be interested in fighting game stuff, uh, I will be in attendance at Revolution 2018 in London, which is at the end of this month. It's uh, Friday 28th starts. Why is this important, you might ask? It is one of the big stops on the ARC Revolution World Cup. And it was announced at Revolution 2018. And it's a big deal. ARC Revo. ARC, ARC Revo, Vo, Vo, Vo. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll be uh, I'll be participating and lending my vocal talents to it. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, otherwise, uh, as always, thank you all very much for watching, everyone. Hope you all have a great evening and great show for everyone. Sans the universe. Goodbye Mwah. and good night. Ah.